my encouragement is look unto the author and the finisher of your faith who knows everything about your story and is going to turn every form of your story that's been painful into a beauty, rea beautiful reality, whether in this time or in years to come. What's up, everybody? It's Kate, and this is officially the last episode of 2023. The next time I see you, it'll be 2024. What? Oh, my goodness. So we have been in kind of an in-between season talking about things that had to do with the holiday and being single at the holidays. And we've loved these last like seven, eight episodes that we've done with you guys. Um, but I have to say, today is a very, very, very special episode we had four guests on, all single, all amazing men and women that we have personally gotten to know, and they share a bit of their testimonies and stories of dating in their various stages of life. Um, we have a 34-year-old, 38-year-old, 39-year-old, 41-year-old, and they are just some of my favorite people. They also happen to be our School of Dating coaches, which if you don't know, School of Dating is our eight-week mentorship program, which is open right now for enrollment, okay, for our January class. And so the details will be on the screen if you're watching on YouTube, or you can go to joinschoolofdating.com to check it all out. We start on January 16th, and it's going to be phenomenal. And I do think that we might sell out this round. So just, yeah, get, get on the wait list. Make sure to get on the wait list. So you're always notified. Um, but they are just phenomenal human beings and they share a bit of their story. They talk about how to have reignited hope for the new year. And I'm just so grateful for them. Bonus. If you're listening to this, Heart of Dating Conference is two days away and all four of these amazing individuals are going to be at conference and you're going to get to hear from them even more. Hello. So exciting. Anyway, guys, it has been such a great year, like phenomenal year of the podcast. We are just so blown away by you guys, our listeners, our YouTube family, which is something we are continuing to grow. So, hey, guys, what's up? We love you guys. If you don't watch this podcast, you should, okay, because there's just things you you see that are different. Me and JJ laughing, the dogs coming up, my facial expressions. Um, yeah, so come join us on YouTube. Subscribe to our channel. That would mean a lot. And if you're just already watching on YouTube, you should subscribe. It would it would be awesome. So we would appreciate if you guys do that. It's not too late to still grab your ticket for HODC online or in person. And even if you can't make it in person those two days, you can still buy a singles party ticket in person that gives you access to all the content for three months um, and our online app, our conference app. So it's going to be the most amazing thing. So if you're not there, or you, you're, you're not registered. What are you doing? What are you even doing? Come celebrate with us at the end of the year. It's been an awesome year and we love this family so, so much. My last thing is if you've never written us a review or ranked us anywhere, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, would you guys go ahead and do that? It would really mean so much to us. 
Okay, without further ado, let's get into this amazing round table with four of my favorite humans. a fun crew today we are doing a new year's roundtable and um, we have jamie lola jeff and michael hey you guys what's going on <laughs> hey 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 lola <laughs> hey jamie <laughs> hey <laughs> hey jeff hey michael Hello. Hey, thanks for having us. <laughs> that, was hey. like a, that was like a full house intro, you know, know, where it's just like you're waving at everyone and they're waving back to you. <laughs> so excited. Um, well, let's start by talking about how we know these lovely people. Yeah. So fun fact, everyone here is from School of Dating. We went oh to goodness. school together and uh, <laughs> it was really awesome. Uh, they come from all pockets of the U.S. Yeah. Actually, do you guys want to say where you're from? How old you are? Where you're from? The whole elevator how thing. You, how you got introduced to Heart of Dating. Let's start there. Jamie, let's hear you first. All right, guys. Um, I'm Jamie. I live in Southern California, uh, but I'm from Michigan. Um, and I found Heart of Dating after a really hard breakup about four years ago. Uh, but I got deeply connected when I took a chance and I dropped into Kate's DMs. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. And Jamie was our wedding planner and now good friend. And so that's how we originally met Jamie. And I was like, Jamie, do you want to do school of dating? And she was like, yeah, I would. Yeah. <laughs> and so you were in our very first class of school of dating, I weren't you? Yeah, I was. And if you don't mind, will you share your age just so people? All oh, yes, yeah. of course. Very happy to do that. I'm 38. <laughs> Amazing. I just want to level set with the people listening so they know what they got. Well, it's deceiving because every guy and girl here look like they're 27. Ah, yeah. Maybe 27. Buttering everybody up as normal. That goes for all four of them. <laughs> so true, honey. Who do you want to choose next? Uh, let's go with Lola. <laughs> I feel like this is the Wheel of Fortune. And letter E. No, hey, everybody. <laughs> Lola. Hey, Lola. What's up, Lola? I live in Knoxville, Tennessee, 41, repping the 40s, okay? Woo-woo. Um, I found Heart of Dating through a married friend, actually, and she said, hey, there's a conference going on. Uh, first time I went was online, and I loved it so much um, and got connected that way. And I uh, was so excited to have gone in person and going in person again. Oh, my gosh. I don't think I knew that, Lola. I didn't know your first introduction was through a married friend and through the virtual Heart of Dating conference experience. That's, That's so right. cool. I don't That's know. Right. Wow. The only thing that we just pray for Lola is, yes, she is a Tennessee Volunteers fan. <laughs> and so I just think it's better to know the weaknesses about someone up front, <laughs> just so it's not a surprise after you end up loving them and enjoying them. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Judge, I'm going to get you a go ball shirt. We're good. Yeah. Baby, who who won this year the game? Oh, uh, well, of course we know who won. The big brother always wins. <laughs> who won last year? Tennessee. Okay, well, you know, every once in a while, brother, little brother sticks one out. Tennessee. Uh, anyway, everyone, just if you could just say a quick prayer for Lola that God would just take the scales off her eyes and soften her heart. You know, just everything. Amen. Oh my 
goodness. I'm sure, honey. Amen. Well, In Jesus' name we pray. We, but seriously, Lola, when we think about brand ambassadors and people who stand on what we preach or what really God preaches, right, and making the most of their singleness, I, I always think about you. So I'm so excited for what you're going to share today. Thank you. At the round table. Absolutely. Totally. Okay, we'll jump to Michael next. <laughs> What's up, Michael? What's up, everyone? I'm Michael. I'm here in North Carolina and 34 years old. I stumbled across Heart of Dating actually through a Facebook advertisement where I saw this webinar that JJ and Kate that you all did on attracting your dream date. Yes, yes. And so I signed up for that and then through the webinar, learned about School of Dating, and then learned about the Heart of Dating community through School of Dating. So cool. Oh, my goodness. I, you know what? Shout out to those ads because sometimes they do work. And I guess it worked for me. That is so funny. I mean, we hardly run ads either. We're not a big like that was very, very rare. So it is actually amazing if you think about it, how people end up in your life just from like as indirect as a Facebook ad. It's Mm -hmm. so crazy. Michael has been uh, an amazing friend, coach, person who just, like you think about singles who don't let singleness hold them back an inch. And like, that's who we have today. It's basically, especially he's Michael. our wise sage. <laughs> Absolutely. He may not be 60 or 70, but he is still very wise. And he is. Uh, he's like a young Francis Chan. Uh, thank you that's huge compliment seriously i mean it not just because you're both asian you know it's just (laughs) i know jj what are you trying to say like to cut off the elephant in the room like cancel you both just have that like really methodical amazing passionate way of talking about god and god's love so clearly so especially if if you get michael on a stage like I was in shock by your four by seven last year, just because at a conference, if you guys don't know what that is, because like I know Michael, he's tender, he's sweet and so compassionate. And then he gets up there and he was like just commanding it with the microphone. I was like, whoa, who is this Michael? This is like Holy Spirit driven amazingness. It just was so cool. (laughs) You're amazing, Michael. So last but definitely not least, we have Jeff DeBaldo in the house. Hey everybody! Uh, happy to be here. Really, really honored to to, to be on here, and, and looking forward to it. So, um, I am 39 uh, in Pittsburgh, uh, and I am. Uh, so, I guess the way I found Heart of Dating really is um, I actually have to shout out a a fan of the show, uh, Deborah Faleda. Um, I've stumbled into her podcast and her yeah. ministry first. Um, and then, so in my Apple podcast, right, it was Heart of Dating became one of the shows that, oh, you might be interested in this as well. So I said, all right, this looks pretty cool. I'll check this out. And, you know, gosh, I don't even remember how long ago that's been, three or four years at least. And started listening to the, sh- the podcast, Kate, and just was blown away at how I couldn't seem to find any other resource like dedicated to Christian singles and dating. And, I've been hooked ever since and really love what you've been doing, um, you know, and, and as well now that you're you're married and JJ's hopped on and um, just really love the ministry because I think it's so, so desperately needed for, for singles in the church. Oh, Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. And you talk about someone who, you know, not to set the stage for you today, but someone who just leads always in vulnerability, yeah. always in transparency. I just, I respect and admire you so much. 
uh, for just the the way that you undo your your emotional, mental, spiritual journey for everyone uh, with no shame uh, as just like, hey, hear it from me. Here's my testimony mm-hmm. and here how as here's how God has used it. So um, not to, you know, put big expectations on you today in the round table and force you to be <laughs> vulnerable, but it's just one thing I've always admired about you. Totally. I well, agree. I appreciate that, JJ. And, and you know, I've shared with you and Kate and, and, and everyone here before, but uh, for those who don't know, I've I've went through a divorce. I'm a single parent, and so the last thing that I wanted to ever think about doing was being vulnerable and talking about how I'm, what I'm going through, and and, and whatnot. But getting into therapy, you know, doing things like this, and just trying to be vulnerable and, and step out and do something different has been the the absolute game changer uh, for me for for getting through this and and mm-hmm. really trying to you know. Um, thrive on the other side is something that that uh, that difficult. So I appreciate it. And uh, I'm sure I have no problem doing that here today. We love it. We love it. So really quick, and then we'll dive into the the meat of the questions. You guys are each a school of dating coach, which is our mentorship program. Um, For those of you guys listening, it's an eight week intensive with two weeks break. We meet Tuesdays and Saturdays, and we have office hours on Thursdays, and it is intensive. You have a workbook like over 250 pages long. Okay, we mean it when we say there is work to do, but it is just such a joy. We love getting to do this. We do have registration open now for our wait list if you guys are interested in finding out more. And we start this coming January. We run it a few times a year. But you guys are each coaches, which means you're assigned to certain students to help support them. And it's been a few rounds now that you guys have been coaches. So just really quick, I want to hear from you. And we'll start with Lola first. Um, What's your favorite thing so far about being a a school of dating coach? You know, I have to say, I love watching as students uh, work through phase one where they're doing a lot of the inner work. And especially when the light bulbs start to go up and they start to see the progress in themselves and the healing that comes through that. Uh, so that's beautiful to see that. And selfishly, too, I love having to relearn the material each time I teach it um, because I feel like I'm a slow learner. So it's a chance for me to just like re up again. Yeah. I, yeah, like all of you guys are star students. I don't try to say that very often, but you really have been amazing. Which yeah, is why no, but I get what you mean. I think there's just so much delight in seeing people encounter God, his love in a new tangible way, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to inner healing in their past. Yeah. Um, I'm right there with you, Lola, uh, right. on your answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. How about you, Jamie? Okay. How am I supposed to just pick one thing? <laughs> so many things are my favorite, but if I had to choose, it's inspiring students to date differently. Right. I think that so many, myself included, had such a negative mindset when it came to dating and specifically Christian dating, right? And going through the program completely transformed me. And I, I'm so excited that I get to share that with my students. Jamie is like the pep talker of our coaches. Like you were just like, I feel like you just make people feel like they're like on cloud nine. They're like, I'm like, I feel amazing just talking to Jamie. Even as a friend, like I feel that with you all the time. For real. For real. I'm like, you're feeling down. You should go talk to Jamie. I know. Anytime. She like amplifies life. Totally. Uh, Okay. What about you, Michael? What's your favorite thing about being a school dating coach? Honestly, I really love just journeying along people who are in the same season as life with me. And I believe like one of the giftings that God has really 
given me a heart for is really just like a pastoral heart to come alongside people. And so being able to like see students who are coming in and really just wanting to be equipped in the realm of how do I navigate singleness? How do I navigate dating? How do I do it in a way where I can be healthy? And being able to just take the content that both you and JJ teach and be able to help students personalize it and process it at a very like heart level for themselves. For me, it's so rewarding to be able to just see God transform them in the process. So good, man. And, you know, you also do life coaching and emotional health coaching as well on top of coaching at school dating, don't you? I do. Yeah, I've been on a journey of learning how to heal emotionally in the past two to three years. And so especially when phase one comes around, being able to really help people not be afraid of processing their pain and learning that there's actually hope and redemption that God can bring them through from their past. For me, it's so moving, so compassionate to be able to just serve in that way. Amen. I love it. I feel the same way. Okay, Jeff, we'll wrap up with you and then we'll get into our questions today. Yeah. So I think uh, for me, it has been, especially these last couple of cohorts, um, um, seeing so many more men coming in and taking the program. Um, and I can remember, and I'm sure Michael, you know, was one of a few men. Um, I know my class, my cohort, I think, you know, we were the second one. Lowell and I were classmates and you know, we had a couple couple other men in there, but seeing, you know, seeing the work kind of getting out and seeing men getting into, you know, healing themselves and, you know, being serious about that, um, I think has been super, super awesome because I think it's so desperately needed. Um, I'm just I've, I mean, the Lord has been putting a big passion of on me about hey, men need to get healthy, too. It's not just women only to be getting healthy because, you know, as we you have to have a vision. And, and how can you lead yourself if you don't know how healthy you are or where you're at? So how are you going to expect to lead someone else if you're not being able to lead yourself? So I think it's been just so, super awesome seeing so many more men get into the program. Totally. Amen. Yeah, I... I having the men in the program, it is a co-ed program is so cool because I think even from the women's side, like when the women find healing just from seeing the guys there and the guys having being vulnerable and the guys learning and growing and sharing and, and vice versa, to be honest. And so that's why we didn't make it a program that's guys only or girls only. And I think there's just so much amazing healing that comes from the dynamic of both in these classes. So we love you guys. It would not be the same without y'all. Um, Okay, so we're going to transition some of our questions. We're talking today about New Year's. And, you know, for many singles, including myself when I was single, New Year's can sometimes be a difficult time. And um, it can it can also be a great time, but it can also it can be difficult because for many people, um, single or not, but I feel like especially for singles, it's a reflection of like, what did this last year hold? And maybe I had a dream this last year of finding my husband, finding my wife, or I had a dream of being somewhere by the end of this year. And that's just not exactly how it panned out. And especially for those who do New Year's resolutions, you know, you're looking back and you're like, oh, okay, so this isn't really where I thought I would be. Um, 
And so, and that's not for everybody, but it is a lot of people. And so I just wanted to start the conversation with asking you guys more vulnerably, like, how do you guys feel going into the new year? Can you resonate with any of that? Um, And I'll start with Jamie first on this one. It is way different than how I felt in the past. Um, After going through school of dating myself, after coaching, uh, being a part of all these different cohorts, I have to say doing the dating challenge, I have one word and my word is ready. I feel so ready. I feel ready to continue the dating challenge. I feel ready uh, for whatever God has next in my life. Uh, I see him moving mountains. I'm seeing little miracles um, almost weekly uh, with being in line. uh, You know, I feel like with with his purpose. So I have to tell you, this is the first time in a long time that I feel so ready. That's so great. And, you know, and um, maybe we'll jump to uh, Michael for the next one. But as you guys talk about that, and what would you say, you know, a previous New Year's might have looked like for you versus now? If it's different. Right. If it's different. And specifically, like when you talk about the new year, how much does your single status play into thinking about the new year? Yeah. Like, is it big for you? Is it not big for you? Has it been or, you know? And Jamie, you can start and answer that too. Okay. Yeah. Follow up. Um, so Kate and JJ, I don't know if you know this, but New Year's Eve, you guys, I have been broken up with not once, not twice, three times. Okay. Whoa. I've, I've, no. no, I'm not kidding. One was a friend breakup. Um, and then what two were guys. And then I was betrayed by a best friend and then literally this day. And then I was rejected. Um, so I have had really negative experiences with new years and I have, um, I've felt an abundant amount of shame, right? Because my dreams of, um, being a wife, being a best friend, having kids, it like comes to a to a halt. Um, so I have um, felt the shame of things not working out. I have also felt the fear of being behind. Um, because as you know, I'm 38. And I really thought that I was going to be 22, engaged, get married, have four kids with a picket fence, and maybe two or three dogs. Um, and it's not at all the path that I ended up going. So I just have to say that in years past, it has been so, so depressing and challenging for me to enter the new year as a Christian, as a single Christian woman. And it's just so cool how this year it's totally 180. Wow. So cool. Well, let's go to Michael next. I want to hear your story too, Michael. All right. Well, I think for me, uh, unlike Jamie, I go into the new year with a lot of excitement. Um, I feel like ever since I've experienced the love of Jesus, year in and year out, there's just this anticipation that wells up in my heart when it comes to, oh, what does God have for the year ahead? And at the same time, I so understand the difficulties and the pains around navigating the new year season, just working with college students and having a lot of friends who are single like me. 
And I think for me, what I reflect on as I go into the new year is that in years past, I typically didn't even think about dating at all because in my satisfaction with singleness, I would just focus on what God has for me. But at the same time, going through school of dating, one of the things that we learn about are our attachment styles. And where I've had to challenge myself is not avoiding the potential opportunity to pursue dating in the midst of being content as a single. And so I think going into this year, what is different compared to past years is it's the first year I'm going into a new year where I'm not taking a break from dating. I'm actually still doing the dating challenge that we learned about in School of Dating. And there's just a lot of excitement in the process of getting to know amazing godly women. And so I think for me, that has been huge. Learning to be single and content and not avoid opportunities that may arise. I love it. It's so cool. You know, what I love about what you're saying, Michael, is also like, reflecting on instead of and JJ is so good at doing this um and I was just saying this to you the other day honey like he's such a glass half full kind of guy versus sometimes I can be sometimes a little glass half empty <laughs> and majority of the time no okay no no but yeah and so I think reef shifting our focus sometimes of like instead of like I didn't get this I didn't get that I wanted that those things this year there's a place to maybe to bring that to the Lord and what has God done? What, it, what are the good? Like if we are talking about and we sing about the goodness of the Lord, what good things has he brought this year? And that's a hard thing to say, um, especially for those that who have made, had a, like the worst year ever. I, I'm thinking of a friend who's had death and multiple miscarriages and just like so much pain in her life this last year. And so that's not to sugarcoat the pain that people have potentially experienced in the last year. And it's to say, where's the goodness of the Lord been in other ways? Obviously, maybe not for my friend in the area of fertility, right? Per, per se, but what in, in any other bucket can we look at? And for, for singles, maybe it hasn't been the most fruitful year in your dating life. Maybe there was zero, <laughs> there was nothing. <laughs> and there was, and that's not something you weren't in close singleness, you were open, but it's translated to nothing. But what what can we focus on? Maybe not necessarily just in singleness, but in other areas with friendship or your relationship with the Lord or other blessings he's given you. Um, and just when I used to do one-on-one coaching, that's something I usually had people focus on. Like, okay, maybe this is an area you don't feel like very fulfilled in, but what about other areas? All right. Instead of me preaching, I would like to hear next from Lola. <laughs> sure. Um, you know, going into the next year, this year, I'm actually feeling an anticipation um, and an excitement, like Michael said. But the interesting thing is, it's not always been that way. Uh, there have been times where I have felt like, okay, I know that God could do mighty things, but does he want to do them for me? And so I've just struggled with that. Like, okay, I know God, you're good, but do you want to be good to me? And so one of the things that the Lord has been challenging me on in this season is to hold on to hope. Uh, and, you know, because sometimes it feels like if I don't hope, then I'm not going to be disappointed. But he's like, no, be brave and be vulnerable and hold on to hope. And so going into next year, super excited about what he's up to. Um, as you know, I'm a foster parent. And so I'm in the season of discerning whether to step back into that full time. Because I was full-time fostering, 
then doing part-time um, or short-term, and now I'm looking at going back full-time. And then also navigating what does it look like to be dating as a single parent with kids, you know what I mean? And so super excited about all that. But really just wanting the rest and the tension of the good and the hard. Because life is all good and it's not all hard. It's that tension and wanting to live well in that tension in the new year. Hey, amen. You know, I just, I, I resonate with that. And I know people do. It takes a lot of courage to have hope, right? Because then the opposite of that is what if I'm let down? Right. What if my expectations are not met? And the funny part is sometimes it's, it's kind of like I, I heard this from John Mark Comer the other day. It's like, God's the film director. We give our suggestions or ideas or hopes for the plot. And sometimes it's it goes that way or sometimes it doesn't. But ultimately, whatever the plot was is better than anything we could have imagined. Mm-hmm. Well, absolutely. And there's a scripture that talks about God doing more than we ever think or imagine. Yeah. And, you know, it's like there are times that actually it's like all the time, most of it never turns out the way I want, right? Right, amen. But when it's all said and done, it's like actually way better than I expected. Always. Mm. Always, amen. Immeasurably more. It's like he does immeasurably more than I can ever think or imagine. Yeah. And so I think that's something even like amazing to reflect on this year. Like I, I'm such a person, I love vision, but then I can get caught in the weeds of like daily life, you know, and we've been in a personal, a pretty good season personally. And it's so easy to just like keep running with the paces and forgetting like, Oh wait, like, wow, let me just take a step back and look at like what I am super grateful for, um, that's happening right now. And like, God can do immeasurably more and holding on to those things because it's easy. Oh, we get a prayer answered, moving on to the next <laughs> right. thing. Right. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Mm. And let's just not gloss over the fact that she's a foster parent, mm. right? Like, and have been and considering again. And, you know, I was listening to John Piper sermon a couple months ago and he, he was talking to a situation where there was a female she has a strong compassion and desire and gifting and a kind of motherly caretaking nature with no outlet because she hasn't had the, you know, marriage yet and the the ability and chance to have kids. And he talks about, you know, if that's really a gift, you feel like you've been given from God. You don't have to be the biological mom and traditional, you know, route of marriage yeah. to exercise that gift if, if that is truly where you feel like your gift is Mm-hmm. given you. And I just, I thought of you immediately and always do. And I just, I think the world of you, like superwoman, you know, world of you, when I hear you talk about your foster parent journey and how you're exercising that gift that you feel like you've been given with no excuse. Thank you, JJ. And I will say that, you know, there is, I mean, it's that dual, like, there is a grief, right? And grieving, okay, I'm not married and I don't have my biological kids. And at the same time, the good, right? It's like the Lord has opened this opportunity for me to do this, right? To parent in a way that I didn't expect. It's been beautiful to do that. Well, you guys, such beautiful answers. Um, We just... And and all across the board, which is so good. I know Jamie was sharing a bit about the things that she's like thought about our, our experience going into past New Year's, maybe some feelings of shame and being behind. I want to give the opportunity if anyone else has experiences like that in the past, like what what was that thing or what have you gone through in past New Year's that maybe was really tough um, that you've obviously shared where you are now, but has there been anything that a feeling behind or shame that you've had in the past? You know, I would say that um, oftentimes what I do at the end of each year, uh, 
from the 31st, I will spend some time journaling. And inevitably that includes a lot of tears and grieving what has not been, right? Because you start there excited and so oftentimes in the year and tears. Um, it's been, you know, off and on over the last few years. And so this year, my desire is if I do that same practice, yes, there's grieving over some of things that have not happened, but it's more joy, you know, about what the Lord has done. And so I think for me, like, my perspective has not always been good, you know, but on this side of things and healing, it's like, okay, Lord, that's so good and that's such a great way to think about it is there's a way to go about preparing for what i know i i have the ability to execute within my own control and then there's another path of life where it's dreaming visioning hoping for where i know it's not within my control like getting married Mm. uh that is maybe a hope and so really stewarding hope versus preparation and vision within my control. And I absolutely. Yeah, I love that. I actually so resonate. It just brought up for me, Lola, a few years ago, 2019, I went to Vail, Colorado, solo, single. Um, and I was there for like a week or a week and a half or, or more completely solo. Um, uh, my friend had a beautiful place there that she was out of town. So I got to stay in and, um, just like, and some of my friends were like, you're literally going away and isolating yourself to the mountain for the new year. Like, why, why are you doing that? And I was like, well, I think in the years past, I tried to just like kind of avoid facing some of the grief I felt maybe in the new years and just doing fun things and all the fun stuff. But this year I wanted to just really spend some intentional time, like grieving with the Lord, praising him for what he has done in my life. And I remember specifically even on new year's Eve day, like opening the balcony and like the sun was coming through and just praising God for what he had done in my life. And then also leaving space for journaling through my grief because there was so much in that year and some of the years past before that, that I feel like, you know, if we're not careful, we can miss moments to really move through the grief and then it just compounds. And so for me, I do love the beginning of something new and the new year, at least that year really allowed me to make space to like, okay, no more hiding from any of this grief, no more trying to just like be busy because I'm a busy person. Let's like really escape and process this grief. I'm so sorry. I know that was serious, but I just couldn't get the idea that I think you just described Frozen and Elsa, <laughs> Elsa's retreat to the mountains and yeah, dealing me. with her. Let it go. Dealing it with go. her grief and her ice castle <laughs> in the middle of. I think Literally you just also described. Singing, Let it go. <laughs> yeah, you just described Frozen. Can't hold it back <laughs> anymore. That's it, babe. And then the the song for going into the new year is Into the Unknown. <laughs> oh my gosh. Such a good voice. No. Oh my goodness. Thank you. We were recently talking with Tara Lee Cobble and she admitted on an episode we did together that she got to a place where she was so fed up with singleness that she's like, you know what? I'm just going to be in close singleness. And that's what God's calling me to. And the problem with her heart in where she was at the time was that she was doing it out of almost a sense of like um, bitterness in a sense of like, okay, I'm just done with this because I I don't want to keep having this hope and having it be disappointed. So I'm just going to not do it because then I won't be disappointed. Right. <laughs> so brilliant. That's the perfect plan. So close singleness it is. <laughs> and, you know, 
she did that and she did and God used it amazing to start the Bible recap, all these things. But then um, her pastor friend came to her and was like, you know, I think you need to be honest that you still have this desire and you haven't been honest with God that you still have the desire for marriage. You've just shut it off because it's been too painful to keep dating because that was a hard time. And so he's like, I think you need to remove from your bio intentionally single uh. on, your, on your Instagram and and really reconsider that. You know, it just hit me, but um, the idea of a Christian living a life with their number one motive and goal saying, I just want to avoid disappointment is living a life that says hope is not good enough for me. Mm. It basically says that God, what you died for and what you planned is not good enough. The hope that you offer is not good enough for me. I have to live in my life in such a way that I have to avoid disappointment or else it'll wreck me. Wow. And you see the different universe of that thought. Mm -hmm. It's 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 quite literally saying whatever you plan for me, whatever you die for, whatever you dreamed into existence when you created the heavens and the earth is that hope available in that to rest in and dwell in is not good enough. Mm, wow. So that being said, speaking of hope, um, that was not on purpose, by the way. No, it wasn't. But we're going to wrap on this. And I want to lead with Michael. Um, if, is there anything that the Lord has maybe imparted to you um, about any hope that you guys want to, and Michael, for you, give to singles as they go into this new year? Yeah, I just wanted to touch on what JJ just shared, because I, as you were sharing, JJ, I was just thinking about how to choose to participate in love means that there is an opportunity or a potential for us to get wounded or hurt. And I think for me, as someone who has felt very content in singleness, but has also at times avoided uh, the opportunities to engage in dating, because as a single, I'm thinking, oh, what would happen if I lose certain aspects that I really enjoy about singleness? And I think in the process, I've realized, oh, that's actually a fear. So I'm avoiding engaging because of fear. And so one of the things that uh, has been a challenge for me this year, as I go into the new year, is not staying in a place of avoidance based on what are the fears of losing things in singleness, but really the hope of okay, what are the belief systems that I can learn from the Lord and from those who model healthy dating and healthy marriages where I can pick up, oh, this would be a long-term benefit. And so even recently, I went on a journey where I just journaled honest beliefs about where I'm at in singleness, whether it's things that I really enjoy or things that I would potentially lose. And then also, I journaled about like, what are the long-term things that I can actually engage in with God? And so I think for someone who's entering into the new year, uh, whether we're in a place of discouragement, despair, or pain, that if we can invite God into the process, that's where hope is found. I love what Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says, that we can look unto the author and the finisher of our faith, that no matter what state we're in, in singleness or uh, dating, that when we look to him, 
He can actually walk with us and be present in every single area of pain, every form of celebration and victory. And in the midst of that, we discover that the lives that we're currently living, there's actually an eternal purpose to it. So when I look to him, I find my true joy and I find the purpose as I walk with him in the midst of singleness that I'm called to run towards when it comes to kingdom purpose. And so to any of the singles who are just thinking about the new year and thinking like, how can I cling to hope? My encouragement is look unto the author and the finisher of your faith who knows everything about your story and is going to turn every form of your story that's been painful into a beauty, rea beautiful reality, whether in this time or in years to come. Francis Chan, I told you. <laughs> I told you. He's the wise sage. I'm Francis just sitting here Chan, like, I'm blessed right now. I'm even, even wrapping in eternal perspective. I know. Look at that. Oh, my goodness, Michael. Michael, that was amazing. <laughs> I'm like crying over here. Uh, good thing I wore my waterproof mascara. Um, okay. So when I think of uh, hope, um, that is one thing that is my, my deepest desire is to give singles is hope. Um, I have um, so many single girlfriends specifically and, and guy friends too, but a lot of single girlfriends that have lost hope uh, in, in their 30s, in their 40s. Um, and this is, this is what I, when I pray, when um, I get into God's word, when I bring singleness to, the, to his feet, um, God reminds me that he is not done. And, and that is my hope to singles. He's not done. God is not done yet. Um, he, he can still do it. God absolutely can still do it. I just love immeasurably more. I have that verse everywhere. I have it in my car. I have it in my bathroom. I have it on my phone, uh, because it's true. You know, that is his promise. Uh, so my, my pastor uh, of the father's house, uh, Bianca Altoff, she just came out with a book this year, uh, Grit Don't Quit. And I just, <laughs> that is my encouragement. Grit Don't Quit. Um, one of the things that she says is to uh, don't give up on Malta when Rome is waiting. I think um, so many women specifically that I can speak to, um, they want to give up on Malta because they can't see Rome, even though they know it, it may be there, but they can't. They can't see it. And so what they do is they go into a closed signalness, just like Tara Lee Cobble, because they're afraid. They don't want to get disappointed again. So my encouragement is, is don't, don't give up. God's not done. And in Rome, Rome is waiting. Didn't, I mean, I don't know Italian geography, but by the way you explained it so well, I caught on to what that means because I didn't know what it meant. So great explanation. Well, and Malta isn't really a thing right now. Back in the day. <laughs> again, yeah. Italian history and geography, not my thing, but I definitely <laughs> caught the point. <laughs> that is true, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Roman Empire, <laughs> for sure. Okay. I'm exposing my... But no, seriously, I, th I love that, Jamie. And more importantly, the hope of Rome is not always guaranteed to be exactly what we might think it might be, right? I think that's the delight of life is that Rome comes and just like the the Israelites and the Jews who were waiting, 
on their Rome and their Messiah, who is going to overthrow the Roman government in this form and shape. It just looked totally upside down to what they thought and expected it might ever look like. That's so true. Most guys come to school of dating or to heart of dating in the midst of breakup or rejection or something really terrible that they've been. I would through. say it's uh, it's majority. ninety like nine. I would yeah. probably say it's about ninety to ninety five percent of men who arrive at heart of dating in one way or the another are coming from a rejection or a breakup of some kind, right? Yeah. And we're here to say don't wait till something like that happens. Like, obviously we're here for you if that's happened, but like, don't wait until you're in the pit to start doing some work on yourself. And it's, that probably won't work, but Hey, we said it. And we said it. We at least said it. Okay. (laughs) It's just how it goes. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I think it's super hot when a guy is journaling, he's going to therapy, he's in tune with his feelings. There's nothing that's sexier than that. Amen. <laughs> Lola was going to say the same thing, weren't you? Well, I, I amen that for sure. That's, I mean, come on. I'm mean, like, get in touch with your feelings. I'm like, let's let's go. Let's talk. You know, I was going to say too, you know, with the holidays, you know, it's a time when things feel happy or people expect you to be happy. And so it often heightens that pain and that grief and the sadness, right? So I want to encourage singles, number one, to name that it's hard. Name it. Like, it's okay to name that it is hard. And at the same time, though, not to stay there. And one of the scriptures that the Lord has been really challenging me and pressing into me and that I've been sharing with friends, um, I was with a friend tonight whose husband is fighting cancer. And so we talked through it and I shared this with her and then just been thinking of, of other things in this season, right? And it is Romans 15, 13. And it says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so that is my prayer for us, for singles in this season, you know, to name that things are hard and those to hold on to hope because God is the God of hope uh, and he will meet us where we are. Amen. Amen. And it's, there is a supernatural hope that overflows and is manufactured and produced when our, within our heart that we can never manufacture or produce in our own power. Mm-hmm. Or we could say we choose hope, we want hope, we are going to take full ownership of our life and be hopeful, but there is a supernatural hope that overfloweth in our cup that we can never produce on our own accord. Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. Lola, thank you for bringing down the house. Man, you guys are so impressive. Oh, I love you guys. So awesome. Oh. I don't know what what single could ever listen to this episode and not be encouraged, seen, validated, and given hope. Or want to date all of y'all, just saying. Right. Who are all <laughs> single. That's the craziest part is they're all single. So we might put the Instagram handles in the YouTube chat. Oh, wow. Well, 100%. <laughs> in the show notes. <laughs> A hundred percent. Okay. Drop the hanky. No, we love it. But seriously, thank you guys so much. You know, we talk about all the time and I heard the story from, you know, of course, like our most quoted person, JP Pakuda, um, God gives us a, a key that unlocks our cage and we step out and that freedom and that joy and that hope. And we turn around and there's a bunch of other cages right around us. And we have a key and that key is our testimony, that key is our story. And we turn around and we get to use that gift of that key to unlock the, the cages and the people around us. And so thank you guys so much for using your story, your testimony, testimony of what God has done in your life and how he's impacted you 
even through today as a single. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys. We love you guys so much. The Heart of Dating podcast is created by Kate and JJ Tomlin. Shout out to our epic audio and video editor, Scott Caro. We have an amazing Heart of Dating team who helps bring the show to you each week. I want to shout out Kelsey Napier, our Heart of Dating digital marketing coordinator, and Elena Gibson, our brand and community manager. We couldn't do it without them. Now, if you guys have never ranked us or reviewed us on iTunes or Spotify, would you consider doing that? It would mean so much because our podcast can get more discovered and more people can learn how to better date as Christians. Don't we all want that? We launch our podcast each and every week on Wednesdays. So we will see you next week.